Chapter 5 of 25 Sermons on the Holy Land. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. 25 Sermons on the Holy Land by Thomas DeWitt Talmage. Life and Death of Dorcas. And all the widows stood by him, weeping, and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. Acts 9.39 Christians of Joppa, impressed as I am with your mosque, the first I ever saw, and stirred as I am with the fact that your harbor once floated the great rafts of Lebanon cedar from which the temples at Jerusalem were builded, Solomon's oxen drawing the logs through this very town on the way to Jerusalem, nothing can make me forget that this joppa was the birthplace of the sewing society that has blessed the poor of all succeeding ages in all lands the disaster to your town when judas maccabeus set it on fire and napoleon had five hundred prisoners massacred in your neighborhood cannot make me forget that one of the most magnificent charities of the centuries was started in this seaport by dorcas a woman with her needle embroidering her name ineffaceably into the beneficence of the world i see her sitting in yonder home in the doorway and around about the building and in the room where she sits are the pale faces of the poor she listens to their plaint she pities their woe she makes garments for them she adjusts the manufactured articles to suit the bent forms of this invalid woman and to the cripple that comes crawling on his hands and knees she gives a coat to this one she gives sandals to that one with the gifts she mingles prayers and tears and christian encouragement then she goes out to be greeted on the street corners by those whom she has blessed and all through the street the cry is heard dorcas is coming the sick look up gratefully into her face as she puts her hand on the burning brow and the lost and the abandoned start up with hope as they hear her gentle voice as though an angel had addressed them and as she goes out the lane eyes half put out with sin think they see a halo of light around her brow and a trail of glory in her pathway that night a half-paid shipwright climbs the hill and reaches home and sees his little boy well clad and says where did these clothes come from and they tell him dorcas has been up here in another place a woman is trimming a lamp dorcas brought the oil in another place a family that had not been at table for many a week are gathered now for dorcas has brought bread dorcas is dead but there is a sudden pause in that woman's ministry they say where is dorcas why we haven't seen her for many a day where is dorcas and one of these poor people goes up and knocks at the door and finds the mystery solved all through the haunts of wretchedness the news comes dorcas is sick no bulletin flashing from the palace gate telling the stages of a king's disease is more anxiously awaited for than the news from this sick benefactress alas for joppa there is wailing and wailing the voice which has uttered so many cheerful words is hushed that poor hand which has made so many garments for the poor is cold and still the star which had poured light into the midnight of wretchedness is dimmed by the blinding mists that go up from the river of death in every god-forsaken place in this town wherever there is a sick child and no balm wherever there is hunger and no bread 
wherever there is guilt and no commiseration, wherever there is a broken heart and no comfort, there are despairing looks and streaming eyes, and frantic gesticulations as they cry, Torcus is dead. They send for the Apostle Peter, who happens to be in the suburbs of this place, stopping with a tanner by the name of Simon. Peter urges his way through the crowd around the door, and stands in the presence of the dead. With expostulation and grief all about him, here stands some of the poor people who show the garments which this poor woman had made for them. The grief cannot be appeased. The Apostle Peter wants to perform a miracle. He will not do it amidst the excited crowd, so he kindly orders that the whole room be cleared. The door is shut against the populace. The Apostle stands now with the dead. Oh, it is a serious moment, you know, when you are alone with a lifeless body. The Apostle gets down on his knees and prays, and then he comes to the lifeless form of this one already for the sepulchre, and in the strength of him who is the resurrection, Tabitha, arise! There is a stir in the fountains of life. The heart flutters, the nerves thrill, the cheek flushes, the eye opens, she sits up. We see in this subject Dorcas the disciple, Dorcas the benefactress, Dorcas the lamented, Dorcas the resurrected. A model for all women. If I had not seen that word disciple in my text, I would have known this woman was a Christian. Such music as that never came from a heart which is not corded and strung by divine grace. Before I show you the needlework of this woman, I want to show you her regenerated heart, the source of a pure life and of all Christian charities. I wish that the wives and mothers and daughters and sisters of all the earth would imitate Dorcas in her discipleship. Before you cross the threshold of the hospital, before you enter upon the temptations and trials of tomorrow, I charge you in the name of God and by the turmoil and tumult of the judgment day, O woman, that you attend to the first, last, and greatest duty of your life, the seeking for God and being at peace with Him. When the trumpet shall sound, there will be an uproar and a wreck of mountain and continent, and no human arm can help you. Amidst the rising of the dead and amidst the boiling of yonder sea, and amidst the live leaping thunder of the flying heavens, calm and placid will be every woman's heart who hath put her trust in Christ. Calm, notwithstanding all the tumult, as though the fire in the heavens were the only gildings of an autumnal sunset, as though the peal of the trumpet were the only harmony of an orchestra, as though the awful voices of the sky were but a group of friends bursting through a gateway at eventime with laughter and shouting, Dorcas, the disciple. Would God that every Mary and every Martha would this day sit down at the feet of Jesus. Dorcas, the Benefactress. Further, we see Dorcas, the Benefactress. History has told the story of the crown. The epic poet has sung of the sword. The pastoral poet, with his verses full of the redolence of clover tops and a rustle with the silk of the corn, has sung the praises of the plough. I tell you the praises of the needle. From the fig-leaf robe prepared in the Garden of Eden to the last stitch taken on the garment for the poor, the needle has wrought wonders of kindness, generosity, and benefaction. It adorned the girdle of the high priest. It fashioned the curtains of the ancient tabernacle. It cushioned the chariots of King Solomon. It provided the robes of Queen Elizabeth, and in high places and in low places, by the fire of the pioneer's backlog, and under the flash of the chandelier, 
everywhere it has clothed nakedness it has preached the gospel it has overcome hosts of penury and want with the war cry of stitch 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 the operatives have found a livelihood by it and through it the mansions of the employer have been constructed amidst the greatest triumphs in all ages and lands i set down the conquests of the needle i admit its crimes i admit its cruelties it has had more martyrs than the fire it has punctured the eye it has pierced the side it has struck weakness into the lungs it has sent madness into the brain it has filled the potter's field it has pitched whole armies of the suffering into crime and wretchedness and woe but now that i am talking of dorcas and her ministries to the poor i shall speak only of the charities of the needle to charity this woman was a representative of all those women who make garments for the destitute who knit socks for the barefooted who prepare bandages for the lacerated who fix up boxes of clothing for missionaries who go into the asylums of the suffering and destitute bearing that gospel which is sight for the blind and hearing for the deaf and which makes the lame man leap like a heart and brings the dead to life immortal health bounding in their pulses what a contrast between the practical benevolence of this woman and a great deal of the charity of this day this woman did not spend her time idly planning how the poor of your city joppa were to be relieved she took her needle and relieved them she was not like those persons who sympathize with imaginary sorrows and go out in the street and laugh at the boy who has upset his basket of cold victuals or like that charity which makes a rousing speech on the benevolent platform and goes out to kick the beggar from the step crying hush your miserable howling the sufferers of the world want not so much theory as practice not so much tears as dollars not so much kind wishes as loaves of bread not so much smiles as shoes not so much god bless you's as jackets and frocks i will put one earnest christian man hard-working against five thousand mere theorists of the subject of charity there are a great many who have fine ideas about church architecture who never in their life helped build a church there are men who can give you the history of buddhism and mohammedanism who never sent a farthing for their evangelization there are women who talk beautifully about the suffering of the world who never had the courage like dorcas to take the needle and assault it woman's benevolence i am glad that there is not a page of the world's history which is not a record of female benevolence god says to all lands and people come now and hear the widow's might rattle down into the poor box the princess of conti sold all her jewels that she might help the famine-stricken queen blanche the wife of louis the eighth of france hearing that there were some persons unjustly incarcerated in the prisons went out amidst the rabble and took a stick and struck the door as a signal that they might all strike it and down went the prison door and out came the prisoners queen maud the wife of henry i went down amidst the poor and washed their sores and administered to them cordials mrs reston at matagorda appeared on the battlefield while the missiles of death were flying around and cared for the wounded is there a man or woman who has ever heard of the civil war in america who has not heard of the women of the sanitary and christian commissions or the fact that before the smoke had gone up from gettysburg and south mountain 
the women of the north met the women of the south on the battlefield forgetting all their animosities while they bound up the wounded and closed the eyes of the slain dorcas the benefactress dorcas the lamented i come now to speak of dorcas the lamented when death struck down that good woman oh how much sorrow there was in the town of joppa i suppose there were women here with larger fortunes women perhaps with handsomer faces but there was no grief at their departure like this at the death of dorcas there was not more turmoil and upturning in the mediterranean sea dashing against the wharves of this seaport than there were surgings to and fro of grief because dorcas was dead there are a great many who go out of life and are unmissed there may be a very large funeral there may be a great many carriages and a plumed hearse there may be high-sounding eulogiums the bell may toll at the cemetery gate there may be a very fine marble shaft rearing over the resting-place but the whole thing may be a falsehood and a sham the church of god has lost nothing the world has lost nothing it is only a nuisance abated it is only a grumbler ceasing to find fault it is only an idler stopped yawning it is only a dissipated fashionable parted from his wine-cellar while on the other hand no useful christian leaves this world without being missed the church of god cries out like the prophet howl fir-tree for the cedar has fallen widowhood comes and shows the garments which the departed had made orphans are lifted up to look into the calm face of the sleeping benefactress reclaimed vagrancy comes and kisses the cold brow of her who charmed it away from sin and all through the streets of joppa there is mourning mourning because dorcas is dead when josephine of france was carried out to her grave there were a great many men and women of pomp and pride and position that went out after her but i am most affected by the story of history that on that day there were ten thousand of the poor of france who followed her coffin weeping and wailing until the air rang again because when they lost josephine they lost their last earthly friend oh who would not rather have such obsequies than all the tears that were ever poured into the lacrimals that have been exhumed from ancient cities there may be no mass for the dead there may be no costly sarcophagus there may be no elaborate mausoleum but in the damp cellars of the city and through the lonely huts of the mountain glen there will be mourning 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 because dorcas is dead blessed are the dead who die in the lord they rest from their labors and their works do follow them dorcas the resurrected i speak to you of dorcas the resurrected the apostle came to where she was and said arise and she sat up in what a short compass the great writer put that she sat up oh what a time there must have been around this town when the apostle brought her out among her old friends how the tears of joy must have started what clapping of hands there must have been what singing what laughter sounded all through that lane shouted down the dark alley let all joppa hear it dorcas is resurrected you and i have seen the same thing many a time not a dead body resuscitated but the deceased coming up again after death in the good accomplished if a man labors up to fifty years of age serving god and then dies we are apt to think that his earthly work is done no his influence on earth will continue till the world ceases 
services rendered for christ never stop a christian woman toils for the upbuilding of a church through many anxieties through many self-denials with prayers and tears and then she dies it is fifteen years since she went away now the spirit of god descends upon that church hundreds of souls stand up and confess the faith of christ has that christian woman who went away fifteen years ago nothing to do with these things i see the flowering of her noble heart i hear the echo of her footsteps in all the songs over sins forgiven in all the prosperity of the church the good that seemed to be buried has come up again dorcas is resurrected asleep in jesus after a while all these womanly friends of christ will put down their needles forever after making garments for others someone will make a garment for them the last robe we ever wear the robe for the grave you will have heard the last cry of pain you will have witnessed the last orphanage you will have come in worn out from your last round of mercy i do not know where you will sleep nor what your epitaph will be but there will be a lamp burning at the tomb and an angel of god guarding it and through all the long night no rude foot will disturb the dust sleep on sleep on soft bed pleasant shadows undisturbed repose sleep on asleep in jesus blessed sleep from which none ever wake to weep then one day there will be a sky rending and a whirl of wheels and the flash of a pageant armies marching chains clanking banners waving thunders booming and that christian woman will rise from the dust and she will be suddenly surrounded surrounded by the wanderers of the street whom she reclaimed surrounded by the wounded souls to whom she administered daughter of god so strangely surrounded what means this it means that reward has come that the victory is won that the crown is ready that the banquet is spread shout it through all the crumbling earth sing it through all the flying heavens dorcas is resurrected the great and final reward in eighteen fifty five when some of the soldiers came back from the crimean war to london the queen of england distributed among them beautiful medals called crimean medals galleries were erected for the two houses of parliament and the royal family to sit in there was a great audience to witness the distribution of the medals her colonel who had lost both feet in the battle of inkerman was pulled in on a wheelchair others came in limping on their crutches then the queen of england arose before them in the name of her government and uttered words of commendation to the officers and men and distributed these medals inscribed with the four great battlefields alma balaclava inkerman and sebastopol as the queen gave these to the wounded men and the wounded officers the bands of music struck up the national air and the people with streaming eyes joined in the song god save our gracious queen long live our noble queen god save the queen and then they shouted huzza huzza oh it was a proud day for those returned warriors but a brighter better and gladder day will come when christ shall gather those who have toiled in his service good soldiers of jesus christ he shall rise before them and in the presence of all the glorified of heaven he will say well done good and faithful servant and then he will distribute the medals of eternal victory not inscribed with works of righteousness which we have done but with those four great battlefields dear to earth and dear to heaven bethlehem nazareth gethsemane calvary
End of chapter 5